We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It's Monday, and that means it's time to talk some recruiting. My name is Brian Driscoll. I'm the publisher at Irish Breakdown. That guy right there, Ryan Roberts, our director of recruiting. Ryan, we have a jam-packed show today of recruiting. But before we begin, I do have a favor I want to ask all of you in the chat, if, if you're listening live. Uh, I put a link to a YouTube channel in the chat down there. We are launching a new college football channel through Irish Breakdown. It is going to be a separate channel, and so we have to build up a subscriber base and the watch hours. So if you are a fan who likes listening to topics about uh, other teams, we have, we've we already uh, contracted one person to do a weekly show. I'm not going to get into it yet until all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed. I think you all will be excited about it. i in negotiations with bringing on a couple other people. We will do some stuff to populate that channel, but I'm looking to expand – the Irish breakdown coverage to where uh, we bring people on to cover other teams and to talk about college football at large. Of course, we'll have some stuff where occasionally we do it, but we are going to still stick to as much as we can Notre Dame, right? And so this isn't about us spreading ourselves super thin and doing all this college football stuff. There will be some of that, but that's stuff that we are already planning on doing that we'll just put over there now instead of putting it here. So that way we stick to Notre Dame as much as we can on this channel. So I, I didn't want to populate a Notre Dame channel with a bunch of college football stuff. So if you have, if you want to, if that intrigues you, subscribe. If that doesn't intrigue you, I'd still ask that you subscribe as a favor. So that way we can get that thing up to a thousand subscribers and 4,000 watch hours, which we'll get to once we start putting some content on there so that we can monetize it. And so we can make some uh, make some money to hire better people and, and continue to grow and grow and grow. I'm something I'm very, very, very excited about. So if you could do us that favor, we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. We put something up on the message board on, I think, Friday, and we're already over 500 subscribers. So, you know, we need to get to 1,000 and then, of course, continue to grow beyond it on that. Now, that's the plug for that. And the graphics are just kind of placeholder graphics. We're getting some new, fresh graphics made uh, once we launch the channel. So, Let's get to let's get to some uh, let's get to some recruiting news here, Ryan. 
And the first bit of news we want to get to today, we're going to talk about Austin Novosad, the 2023 quarterback who's visiting this week. So it's a huge, huge deal. He's visiting tomorrow. We're talking about Ben Minich, 2023 kid who's also visiting tomorrow. We will talk about uh, just kind of some of the 2024 names to know. They're going to also be on campus this week. And then after that, we are going to break down the film of Jeremiah Love. And uh, we have talked about him a lot, but we've never sat down and just said, hey, here's a film breakdown of him with Ryan and I together. So we're going to do that. And then, of course, at the end, mailbag. So if you have questions, start throwing those suckers in uh, right now, and, and we'll get to those when we are when we're at the end. So, Ryan, let's begin with another update on Austin Novosad. We talked last week about the fact that we did expect him to visit this week. We first noted that this was something that we expected to happen about three weeks ago. It's final, It's been finalized. Austin Novosad will be on campus tomorrow. What's the latest? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Trade Coffee sent us two new flavors after my wife filled out their quiz. Big City French Roast from Joe Coffee in New York City and Black Velvet from Atomic Coffee Roasters in Massachusetts. The Black Velvet was a dark roast with a note of burnt sugar, graham cracker, and malted milk balls. It was a very rich but smooth flavor that reminded her a bit of her favorite dessert, creme brulee. The Big City French Roast was also a dark roast, which is right up my wife's alley. And it was flavored with burnt sugar, baking chocolate, and roasted almonds. The smell in the kitchen while she was preparing a cup of coffee put a smile on my face, and she said the taste was even better and sweeter. And she didn't pick these flavors. They were chosen by Trade after she filled out a short quiz. you got to give this a try. And Trade Coffee connects customers to the freshest and best-tasting coffee they've ever made at home by partnering with the country's best craft roasters. These are independent businesses from big cities and small towns. Trade customers are truly impactful for these independent roasters, often being the largest source of new growth for them. Trade's coffee team actually taste tests thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every day. There's no one perfect coffee, but there is a perfect coffee for you and Trade's human-powered algorithm will find it. Trade is so confident they'll match you right the first time that if they don't, they'll take your feedback and an actual coffee expert will work with you to send you a brand new bag for free. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping and handling when you go to drinktrade.com forward slash Irish. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. 
Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com forward slash Irish and let trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com forward slash Irish for $30 off. Yeah, I mean, so we have, like you said, we've anticipated this for a little bit, right, Brian? I think that the biggest thing here is that everyone wants to know what the status of him and if this visit to Notre Dame is the final step towards a potential flip from Baylor because he is obviously currently committed to the Bears. But to our understanding, and I just talked to someone this morning that is close to Austin, their plans are kind of forecasted are they'll be at Notre Dame tomorrow. They also want to get back to Baylor sometime this week and then potentially also get out to Texas A&M. That's kind of the schedule that they're planning for this final week here in July. I think for me, it's it's an interesting one because we've talked about do they come the day of the barbecue tomorrow where there's going to be a lot of other prospects on or, or other recruits on campus? Do they come on a different day when it's just more of a one-on-one situation or a little bit more of a secluded type of type of environment? And he is coming for the barbecue. And the barbecue, obviously, we're going to talk a lot about the different players that are scheduled to come. I think there's some merit for a potential recruit to be around other prominent recruits in the class, both committed and uncommitted. But for him, he's only going to be one of the only two 2023 recruits that are expected to be on campus with Ben Minich, right? So it's not like there's going to be other 2023 recruits that are going to be around to help recruit him, which makes it a little bit of an interesting conversation. I, I believe, I believe, and I'm trying to get confirmation on this, but somebody yeah. I talked to today said that Jaden Greathouse might be coming up tomorrow. Wow. That would be big So time. we'll follow up with him time. and try to get that uh, confirmed, but that's something that I was told this afternoon. And Braylon James is going to try to come, but there was a family thing that kind of came up and it, it, it was planned so late. But I, I, yeah. I won't be surprised if some commits, 23 commits show up. Uh, it just won't be a lot like there was in June when those big visits. Well, I'll say this: if one or two of the Texas wide receivers come out, then that is that's big time, yeah. man. That's a big time strategy. Let's call it what it is for Notre Dame, right? So, this is something where this is a huge step in this process. Does this mean that this is Notre Dame's to lose? No, that's not what mm-hmm. this means. What this means, though, is that they're in the game now, right? Mm-hmm. Getting him on campus is a massive step. Getting him around the coaches, around the offensive staff, around Coach Reese, around Coach Freeman. Because until now, they've been a voice over a telephone. And now it tangibly becomes a real recruiting opportunity for Notre Dame to get him in South Bend tomorrow for the barbecue. I do want to talk about I do want to talk about kind of where things stand with him because Brian, when when I look at Novasad. This has been such an interesting recruitment really from the beginning because you've got a kid that you get in on late. He's committed to Baylor. Ohio State gets in on him. They make a run. It looks like everybody thinks he's going to go to Ohio State. Mm -hmm. Then he backs off. Texas A&M makes a run. Everybody thinks he's going to go to Texas A&M because his parents both went there. And I I don't believe that to be accurate. There's been this assumption that he's definitely not going to commit to Baylor. That is something I actually want to, first of all, push back on. It's not a given that he's not going to go to Baylor. I think Baylor's still very much a player in this. I talked to a source today that said, actually, he thinks that um, he thinks Notre Dame and Baylor are probably in the, the best position right now if the visit goes well. And that's why I think this visit is so, so, so important. 
because I really feel like Notre Dame has been able to make up a ton of ground without having been able to get with him the kind of things that other schools that that have. He's been to A&M multiple times. He's been to Ohio State twice. And Notre Dame has been able to gain this much ground without ever having him on campus. Yep. That's a, a great sign. So this visit is incredibly important. And I think that by the time the week is over, we're going to have a pretty good idea uh, which way he is leaning. Where it, it, you know, Coming out of this visit, it's going to be, it went great. We think we're a major player or it went okay, but you know, I, I'm not sure if, if we close the deal. I think if one of the, if one of those two things we're going to hear, I have a feeling we're going to hear the the latter. I think things are going to go very well. I think everything I know about Austin, mm-hmm. high academic kid, uh, very religious kid, yep. I think are, are two things that, that attract him about Notre Dame I get the sense with where he's from and some other things I've, I've, I've been told. I, I think the idea of a smaller school intrigues him, which I think helps Baylor and, and of course, helps Notre Dame. And, and of yeah. course, Baylor is a school that is, is a private school. It's built around a, the Baptist Foundation. Notre Dame is obviously a Catholic school, although you don't have to be Catholic to go to Notre Dame, which we've talked about before. Yeah. So I want to I, – I, I actually think that we can't know – And I'm not in prediction mode until the kid is visited because you never know until a visit happens. You're not, you're not submitting your crystal ball yet. No, I'll never be doing that. Uh, But uh, I do think Notre Dame is, is much more of a player in this than, than I think some people think. And, and, and that is going into the visit. So I think Mm -hmm. Notre Dame is in a better position with Novosad going into the visit and and I think the fact that he is making the visit is why I think that. Because from my understanding, the visit wasn't even a guarantee. There were certain yeah. things he wanted to know from Notre Dame, and there were certain relationship building that needed to happen. There were certain things Notre Dame needed to be confident in before they even offered. And if Notre Dame didn't hear the right things, they weren't even going to offer. They wanted to make sure that, that he was going to give them a legitimate look. And then there were some things where he wasn't going to give them a legitimate look until he heard certain things. And I'm not talking about promises. I'm just talking about, hey, what's your vision of me, right? If you're also Novosad, you're like, okay, am I just a placeholder for CJ Carr? Or are you looking at me as a guy to come in and compete and say, you know, we're going to give you every chance that we're going to give Steve Angeli that we would have given Dante Moore and that we're going to give CJ Carr. Those are some very important questions that also Novosad needed answered. And, and I think the fact that he's coming on campus – says that he liked what he heard, and so did Notre Dame, which I think puts Notre Dame in a very unique position where I actually feel a lot better about them going into this visit now that it's locked in than I did a week ago, and, and based on some of the things I've heard. So I actually think Notre Dame could 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 close this out. Now, that's not me giving away intel. That, that part's my opinion. That last part's my opinion. That I think, based on everything I've heard, if this goes well, I could see Notre Dame being tough to beat on this one. My my opinion. Uh, yep. The the intel we've gotten is just that he likes Notre Dame, they like him, but other schools are players, right? That's sure. really the only intel I've gotten. They, they Notre Dame knows they got to knock this one out of the park. I just everything I've been told about Austin Novosad, I feel like they will, and we can't discount the relationship with, as you mentioned, the two Texas receivers that are in a class. Braylon James and Jaden Greathouse is going to play a big, big role. And if if he picks Notre Dame, you can kind of chalk – you can give a, a, a an assist to Jaden Greathouse and Braylon James, in my opinion. 
you can give them a sticker, right? Put a sticker on their paper and be like, you did a great job, man. Great job there. I agree completely. And I, I also like that you didn't discount Brian and the Baylor relationship mm-hmm. too, right? Like this is not a, I don't think this is a foregone conclusion that it is Notre Dame, Texas A&M or Ohio state, right? Like, I don't think that, and I mentioned that in this week's mailbag where I said that I think that Baylor is going to have a, they're going to have a play here, right? Cause they, they have been developing that relationship for a long time. There's been no question who Baylor's number one quarterback has been right. Like that's their guy. That's been mm-hmm. their guy. Right. So there's no, there, you can't, cause I mean, like, let, let's call it what it is, right? Notre Dame has turned to Austin Novosad because they missed on their guy, right? Like their, their guy in this class, Baylor has always had their guy and that's mm-hmm. always been Austin. So I don't think we can undersell that relationship part of it. Right. So the fact that he is going to get back to Baylor again this week tells me, that they're going to get a legitimate chance mm-hmm. here. Like it's not, it's not a foregone conclusion. That is a flippable option here, but getting a player like him up to Notre Dame, up to South Bend, we talk about it all the time. The minute that they get a player on campus, things get real, real quick. You, you right? know, like pretty quick. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I also put in the mailbag and you mentioned it already. So I'll just kind of reiterate it again. We'll know very quickly what the, what Notre Dame stance in this one is, right? Like it'll only be, the end of this week we'll kind of have like a pretty good indication on what Notre Dame's legitimate chances are for Austin Novoset. So it's a big opportunity for him tomorrow. I have confidence in the staff that they're going to put their best foot forward. It's not a foregone conclusion. He ends at Notre Dame, but it is obviously a massive step to get him on campus. So in the end of the day, we're not offering predictions because we would be irresponsible to do that until he gets on campus. But I do want to remind, I do want to say, Ryan, I think you pointed it out that's the reason he hasn't decommitted from Baylor. And and here's another question. People have said, hey, why is Notre Dame letting this kid visit if he hasn't decommitted from Baylor? That stance is only true for official visits. Mm-hmm. This is not an official visit. This which, is an unofficial visit. I think is also a big step, right? Because on their own dime, Correct. they decide we're going to go take a look at Notre Dame. I think that's huge. I Correct. think that's huge. There's obviously legitimate interest to make that visit and to make it on your own accord. Yeah, I I think the other the other player here was Ohio State for a long time, and and the spin was he's not visiting Ohio State; he's already been there twice. I, I I don't buy that based on the people I've talked to. I don't think I think it's because Ohio State's not the player they were. I I could be wrong on that. I'm just telling you what I've been told. I I think if he was really in decision making mode and really wanted to see all his finalists again before he made a decision, I gotta think they would find a way to make the th- four hour drive from South Bend to Columbus, Ohio, since they're already in this part of the country. I, I just, I have a hard time believing that. So I, I don't think Ohio state is the player that they were before. I think A&M is a player, but I think Baylor is, is also a much bigger threat in this than people think. But I, I do, yeah. I do like where, I do like where Notre Dame stands going into this visit and we'll report on, on where they are coming out, obviously, but, but and, like and we've talked, we've talked a lot about Texas recruiting continuously, right? The fact that Notre Dame has killed it in Texas, I think, is why that interest may have shifted from Ohio State to Notre Dame a little bit, right? The fact that he knows Jaden Greathouse. He has a relationship with Braylon James. That's that's well documented, but it's the fact that if Austin Novoset is in Notre Dame's class, he's the fifth commit out of the state of Texas. Don't, don't lose sight of that, folks. The fact that Notre Dame has made it a priority to get into Texas this cycle. And I think that that's very appealing for a guy like Austin, a kid like Austin Novosad, who, you know, is, is, has relationships with those types of kids. 
And of course, we love the idea of Notre Dame getting more involved with Texas. That's always a plus. All right, so let's let's move on, Ryan, to the next topic. And that is Ben Minich. And we talked a lot about him last week, but we're just going to kind of give our, our latest thoughts on him. He is going to be on campus tomorrow as well. And uh, this is a this is a kid to keep an eye on because obviously he is a, a kid that he has a, he has some good offers like Oklahoma's offered him. I don't believe that's a school that's still actively actively recruiting him. I could be incorrect on that, but that's just uh, my understanding of the situation. Mm-hmm. I do like where Notre Dame is coming into this visit. Obviously, he's been on campus before. He camped at Notre Dame this summer. I think the fact that um, I think the fact that he visited this summer without an offer to work out for the staff, I think speaks volumes about this kid's opinion of Notre Dame. You're not trying to earn an offer from Notre Dame if you don't like a lot about what Notre Dame has offered. And in many, many instances, the kids that have done that end up in the class. So we'll see if that happens or not. But obviously getting Ben Minich on campus this week is big. And I want to just kind of go over where things stand with him, Ryan, yeah. and also to remind people that this does does – hear me now, folks – this doesn't have anything to do with Peyton Bowen. Okay. There will be spin about that because people like to say things to get clicks. That is, this is not about Peyton Bowen. This is about Caleb Downs and the fact that they won the third safety and they made their run. They gave their shot to Caleb Downs. Now, what happens if Caleb Downs decides in two days, he wants to come to their name, then you take them both. <laughs> you know, you will always make room for Caleb Downs. Uh, but again, I don't, I don't, I could see Ben Minich maybe making a decision today, but but the impression I got was is that maybe it could uh, you know want to go think about it and, and do all that kind sure. of stuff anyway. So, what is the latest Ryan with Ben Minich? Two two thousand twenty three safety from Ohio, Lakota West, Ben Minich. Well, I, th- I think first and foremost, he does have a committable offer from Notre Dame, right? Like this staff likes him. The staff wants him to be a part of the twenty twenty three. Recruiting class, I think that's a big step, obviously. He's a he's out of Lakota West in Ohio. And, I mean, from everything I've heard, Brian, from talking to Ben, talking to a couple people closer to Ben, I think as long as this goes well, as long as – because he's been to campus before, which is obviously why Notre Dame has interest in him because they saw him work out in person. If this goes well tomorrow, I think that Notre Dame is going to be very difficult to beat. I'll just leave it like that, right? Like, I mm-hmm. think that they are – his favorites right now going into the visit. And I think that Notre Dame has a chance to lock it up if they do really well. Like, let's call it what it is. This is a kid that Notre Dame likes. He reciprocates that interest. If they knock it out of the park, I already think that they're the favorites for Ben. And if they do great, I wouldn't be surprised if it is a commitment in the near future, because I think that that I think that all signs and all momentum is shifting towards that right now. Here's a comment that we had from Tyler binge. Said Brian, what do you what would you do if Downs tricks everyone? Tricks everyone and comes back to Notre Dame or comes to Notre Dame? What I would do? I would I would probably lose my voice screaming and my and probably have some neighbors calling the cops on me uh because of the loud screaming that I would be doing uh in my home. And I'd be I'd probably yell, let's go really loudly about a hundred times until I couldn't talk anymore. So I may that's, not, that's the fan yeah. side of Brian. Yeah, there's no doubt. Just, there's no yeah. doubt. Like, like yeah. that's a, because I, because here's, here's the reality of it. When they land other big time players, it's kind of like, okay, this is a great pickup. You get excited about it, but you don't have that reaction. But like, I've convinced myself because of the, all the Intel we have that they're not getting Caleb down. So I'm not even thinking about it. So like, sure. If he all of a sudden on the 27th tweets out, he's going to Notre Dame. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, it would be huge. It, it would be it would be a tidal wave. I mean, forget the okay. That's my fan reaction to a recruiting. It'd be a tidal wave. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it would shock the 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 college football recruiting world. I, I really do because no one expects it. There, there's no doubt. Okay. There's no doubt. Um, but yes, uh, yes. Yeah, somebody said on air dance, Brian. On air dance. I, <laughs> I almost <laughs> almost made a commitment to that, but no. Uh, you will see me show emotion on air if if uh, if he did that. But again, I'm not I'm not too concerned about that because I don't I don't see that happening. But uh, I did. I did want to respond to that question. But again, this is this is a response to Caleb Downs. I also want to. I also want to remind people that that you know there's been a lot of talk. Well, three star kid. Look, the fact is, is whatever we think about him, and we gave you our honest opinion. Nice player, mm-hmm. Purdue, Indiana kind of kid. We don't see Notre Dame kind of kid. I would encourage everyone to kind of also take the same stance that everyone that believes that or worse. I would encourage you all to take the same similar stance that we're doing, which is have an open mind for the kid senior film. Let that play mm-hmm. out. Because whatever he did on campus this summer impressed the Notre Dame staff a lot to the point where they didn't look at other guys that we know would be interested. There are guys, especially in the Midwest, that we know right now that are much higher ranked than Ben Minish, that Ryan and I know right now that if Notre Dame called, they'd be all about that, including some kids committed to other schools. Notre Dame has targeted this kid because they like this kid and they think he fits what they're trying to build in this staff. So I just wanted to to say that I also remind people that uh, this isn't does anything to do with Peyton. I know that's like the like people are going to use the, the the Peyton Bowen thing until he just comes out and says, "Hey, look, I'm not looking around anymore," right? Or his brother commits somewhere else, and then it's all over with. That people are going to use people are going to use him as a way to get clicks. We know that, right? And we're going to have to keep answering the question. But uh, that's that's kind of that's kind of where we're at with that. So yeah. wanted to update everybody on that. So Ryan, got some 2024 kids coming on campus this weekend. So got a couple. Got a not couple. not yeah. just the 20, you know, the couple 23 kids. Notre Dame's all five Notre Dame commits in the 2024 class are expected to be on campus this weekend. I think that dynamic is very interesting mm-hmm. uh, when you consider that CJ Carr will be on campus this weekend this uh, this week the same time as Austin Novasad, which is very interesting yeah. uh, and, and could go could be really good or or bad depending on how it goes but that's something to watch cam williams jack larson brandon davis swain owen wafel will also be on campus this weekend but there's some other big name guys on campus this weekend that i want to kind of just bring up and have you just sort of give the latest and and then we'll kind of talk about you know why this this is a top target for notre dame and mm-hmm. and why it's important that they get this kid or that they, they be a player this one and I'm I'm going to start off with the biggest guy on the board, and I mean that literally. <laughs> Let's talk Justin Scott, who is the 2024 defensive uh, tackle from uh, he is from uh, Saint Ignatius in Chicago. I believe he is still ranked as the number three overall player in the country. Yes, he is the number three overall player in the country, according to On Three. He is ranked number twelve nationally by Rivals. And 247 is just wrong in their ranking of him. But he is a, a top 10 to 15 caliber prospect, Ryan. He will be back on campus for, I believe, this will be his third trip to Notre Dame. So, yeah, uh, so getting him back is going to be huge before he goes into his junior season. Yeah, I mean, Brian, he has everything that you look for in a defensive tackle. I mean, you mentioned 6'5", 310. He looks skinny right now. And he may have played probably closer to 300. But the fact of the matter is that he has an incredible frame. He's a really athletic kid. 
And we know that, I mean, he's right there in Illinois, right? So like he's in Notre Dame's backyard. We talk about the home base thing, right? Surrounding, surrounding states there. I mean, Justin Scott is a really impressive football player that we know Notre Dame has interest in. And if they are going to make a push at it, I feel like there is a lot of mutual interest between both parties. So I'm not telling everyone to get on commit watch. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying, though, is that there is legitimate interest on both sides here. And if Notre Mm -hmm. Dame makes that push for him, I think that Justin Scott is very, very high on where Notre Dame is and what the future of them holds. And Cam Williams, I know, is a kid that has been on Justin since he committed because they're both Illinois kids, right? So I think that this is a big moment for a Justin Scott because I think that there is, I mean, I, I would consider Notre Dame the favorite as of now, but I think if Notre Dame really makes the push tomorrow as recording the show, I think that this one could be something where it starts to trend in Notre Dame's favor very, very quickly with Justin Scott. That's going to be the interesting thing for me is will Notre Dame push for him because I, I don't know if they will uh, in, in regard when I mean push and what Ryan is saying, push is push for a commitment with, because that can be perceived in two ways. And I want to make sure we're very clear on this. Some people say, well, push is in like, well, do you not want him? Why would you not push for him? That's not the context we're referring to here. Referring to here simply you love him. You want him. Are you going to try to, uh, I don't want to say coerce because that can, but, but it's sort of like, Hey, we really want you to do it now. Close the deal. Uh, right. I don't think they're going to push for that. What I do think they're going to do is really give a big sales pitch on why it's the cho- it's the place for him and then hope that that is something that causes him to speed up his process because we've seen this before, right? Because my first response, if I'm listening to the channel and I've listened to other things that Irish Breakdown has reported, including things that you've reported and Sean has reported, like, wait a minute, hold on. Isn't this kid saying he wants to wait till after his junior year? or at least into his junior year, yes, that is true. And just like Jaden Osbury said, he was going to wait until December, right? I mean, just like Dante Moore was telling people a while ago that he was going to wait till the fall. I mean, kids Jayden, change Jayden their Jayden time. Jaden Greathouse is going to wait. Right. When you know, you know. And I think that's the thing is, and that's what we're saying is, not that we think Justin Scott is coming into this visit thinking, okay, I'm going to commit tomorrow. I, I don't believe that to be the case. That's not what we're saying. It's more about sometimes you just know. And as we said about Jaden Greathouse, Ryan reported what Jaden said about going into the fall. But what did I what did I say? What did Ryan also agree with and say as well? Because there's a difference between we're reporting what the news is and then we're giving our opinion. The news is Justin Scott wants to wait until the fall at the very earliest to make a decision. What we also know, having done this a long time, is that sometimes kids just know and they and they say, you know what, it's time. And and could Justin be one of those guys? I think it's possible. I do. I think it's possible. Uh, and, and, and I can also see him waiting until he comes back for another game in the fall and maybe doing something then. But we know he loves Notre Dame. We think he, Notre Dame is in a great position there. Uh, it's just about, you know, like you said, can you close the deal? And I think that's a big question. And I'll tell you what, if they could, that would be huge, huge Literally. Literally. for Notre Dame. So, yes, that would be uh, – that that would be that would be a big one yeah, figuratively and literally <laughs> you know so 
I want to I want to stick with the big boys a little bit more. There's two other big boys that I want to talk about. They're going to be on campus this weekend. First of all, I love the fact that Brandon Davis Swain is back on campus again for another visit. But there's two offensive linemen on campus this weekend, and they come in with completely different uh, sort of situations. One is Peter Jones, who has been offered by Notre Dame, and is a kid that uh, we think it, Notre Dame is a good place for. And Ryan will give kind of the latest because you just had an update on Peter. Yet you talked to Peter last week. We had a story at IrishBreakdown.com. The other is Ian Moore, another player that Ryan had an update on. And so we'll talk about those two guys next, Ryan. But I, And I want to first start with Peter Jones because he is someone that does have an offer. Yeah, he's out of Malvern Prep out there in Pennsylvania. He's a player that has been on the board for Notre Dame for a pretty long time now. And we know that there is legitimate interest from Peter Jones. I spoke to him recently, like, like Brian said. He is continuing to reiterate that he wants to wait until after his junior year to make a commitment. So I think that, and he does strike me as a player. I know Brian was just talking about, you know, things change pretty quickly. Right. Mm -hmm. But I do think Peter Jones is one of those players that if there was a player that I've heard that for in 2024, that I legitimately do believe him hundred percent, it would be Peter Jones. I do think that this one is going to play out a little bit and, I mean, what I'm saying play out, I'm talking about like it might go into the summer of his junior year, right? right? So like it's not like you have to wait. And I'm not sure Notre Dame is going to be pushing for any offensive linemen just yet. I I think they're going to let the board kind of – I think they want to see these all these linemen just as much as these linemen want to see more of Notre Dame in this instance because the numbers are going to be smaller. And you want to make sure that you're you're taking some guys, and and so it, like you said, it's and it's also, I mean, he's from Malvern, Pennsylvania, which is a little bit further away than Chicago. Yep. So I mean, it's just a, it's a different scenario, but I, I do think you're you're correct. It doesn't sound like there's any thought uh, on either end of making this happen right away. Now, do I think that if he decided this weekend he wanted to come, would Notre a week that he wanted to come, would Notre Dame say yes? I believe so, absolutely. Mm-hmm. it's 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 there's a difference between saying would you take a kid's commitment and are you pushing a kid to commit now right you know sometimes you know like and this is part of recruiting is sometimes you know like you know what i think that kid's on the verge and i think if we push we can get him to kind of you know get over. then you gotta say hey, look this kid is not anywhere close and he doesn't respond well when we talk to him about time frames so us pushing for him to commit is could hurt us <clears throat> that's part of reading the room a little bit and and i think notre dame's for the most part, I think Notre Dame's done a pretty good job of that. I think with 23 and 24 commits is knowing who you can push into commit category and, right. and knowing who you can't. And that's, I think why they have the five that they have in the class right now. Agreed. And some of them, they didn't necessarily push like Brandon Davis Swain. I don't think they were pushing for him to decide. I don't think they thought he was in decision-making mode. He just was like, yeah, I'm ready. And it was a huge pickup, huge pickup for Notre Dame. Let's talk about Ian Moore, Ryan, because he's a completely different situation. And and, and what's interesting is Ian Moore is one of the – he has not been offered yet by Notre Dame. Uh, he is an in-state kid uh, you know, from Pal- New Palestine in Indiana, 6'6", 295 pounds, uh, ranked as a top 100 recruit by both 247 and Rivals, who ranked him 89th and 81st respectively. He's 185th by ESPN, 233 by On3. So his lowest ranking is 233. He's ranked as the second or third best player in the state of Indiana, yet he doesn't have a Notre Dame offer. So what's the latest? First of all, explain why he doesn't have a Notre Dame offer, because I I think the context of that, it backs up what I just said about them pushing for O-line commits right now. Uh, And and them not offering doesn't mean that they don't like him a lot. So explain the context of that and then kind of talk about the latest that you learned about this visit, because you did interview Peter 
or Ian the other day uh, about this visit. He certainly wants an offer. There's no doubt about that. Yes. Yeah. I've, I've had the privilege of talking to Ian a couple of times at this point, and he is a player, like you said, Brian, he really wants an offer. I, without telling me directly, I have a very good inkling that Notre Dame's kind of a dream offer for him. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I, I see that with this type of situation and with that, and with that scenario, the interesting back and forth is I think if Ian Moore had an offer, he would mo- almost, I don't want to say instantly, but very shortly after will probably be in the Notre Dame class if they chose to have him. So I think the balancing act is we like you, but we want to make sure that you're our guy, right? And we want to see you in person. So I think seeing him again, being able to just kind of eye test, put him through the ringer, that type of thing, like as far as is he a legitimate good fit? And if we do decide to offer him, we have to understand that he's probably going to commit relatively soon. I think just kind of based upon everything that I've talked to Ian Moore. So I think he's a good player on film, but there are some other really talented players that are already mm-hmm. on, uh, on the offer list right now. There's only four guys, but then there's a bunch of, you know, questions as far as when's the board expanding, who are those players going to be? I think off in offensive lineman recruiting, like Brian said before, is still working itself out a little bit right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you're in a rush for Ian because you know that he likes you. Well, you like him, yeah. but you want to make sure you love him, right? Like that, I think, is the question. Right? You have to be careful with in-state kids because you don't want to offer a kid and then say, hey, you can't commit right now. And, and now that happens, right? It, it happens in recruiting, but... Sometimes you know a kid, if you offer him, he's going to want to commit. And so you got to be honest. Look, here's where we're at. Why did we offer these kids? Because we know they're not in commit mode. We know that Peter Jones and Gearby Lambert and Kyle Altoona and Josiah Thompson are not in commit now mode. We have told them nothing different than we've told you. We like you. We're trying to get to know you better. We want to see you know this. We want to see that. We're in the same boat with those guys we are with you. But, you know, this is kind of where we're at. Right. And and so because I, I do think they know what I think you and I both believe to be true, which is if you offered Ian more tomorrow, his recruitment will be over sooner rather than later. And and you need to make sure you don't you if you know that, then you've got to and, and, but you're not ready to take an offensive lineman per se you know, or him per se. Mm-hmm. Then, then you need to make sure that that that's communicated. And so, it, it's it, you talk about who's on commit watch. I mean, he's the one kid I would say if he gets offered tomorrow, would be yes. a kid that I would say you know you you need to look out for that one. He's a big, strong kid. I mean, yes. it just to me, I think the issue, the only issue I have is he's he's a bit, he's got really good size, he's physical, he's got some tools. I think the thing is, I do view him as a pure interior player Agreed. at the next level at least as of right now. Now, he's got some body reshaping that needs to be done when that happens. He's kind of like that. He's like that. I'm trying to say how to say this without it sounding bad. Some big young kids have, they look like giant little kids, right? Like they still got the, you know, the baby face and some of the the baby weight and stuff, you know, I mean, the little kid weight that you got to work off. He hasn't quite hit that you know that the, there's like no way to say this without it Mat- sounding insulting. The maturation, right? There's a level that young people go through from boyhood to manhood that he hasn't hit yet, and that's actually kind of enticing about him because you're like, this kid's got another growth spurt going, and he's already six six two ninety. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. 
Um, but how does his athleticism react to that? Does he have an explosion in athleticism? Does he does he lose athleticism? And I think that would be something I would want to see that I'll have a much better feel for as you see junior film. So uh, uh, that's, I think, kind of – that would be my guess as to why they're holding off on that. But if they offered him, I mean, I'd, I'd be okay. I'd be fine with that. I'd be like, oh, now you got your interior guy for the class, right? Yeah. And, and I'd, I'd be fine with that. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of how that, how this recruitment carries out, Ryan. Cause as you said, when, when he, uh, when he gets that offer, it, you know, it's, it's kind of like, okay, this, that's Notre Dame's going to be tough to beat at that point in time. If that offer yes. comes. Yes. They're going to be, again, we're not working in absolutes in the recruiting world, but they would be almost impossible to beat if that happens. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I mean, it's Notre Dame would be a dream offer for Ian Moore. Let's call it what it right. is. And, you know, I think that decision-making mode would be definitely accelerated a little bit, right? Like, I think that that's definitely what we're talking about here. So, he's a good football player. I like him. I think that he reminds me a little bit Austin Saraveld from this from this cycle, but I think that he is has a higher upside than Austin Saraveld does. I think he's got a little mm-hmm. more natural athleticism. So, I like him. It's just a question of what does the board fill out to, right? Because, I mean, he could be – you could like him a lot, but you might like the two or three other guys a little bit better, mm-hmm. right? Like that's the end of the end of the game. You know, there's a lot of guys every year that people perceive as getting passed up, but in reality, it's just staff can't take everyone, right? Like right. staff is recruiting at such a high level. You can't take everyone. That's just right. the reality of it. I, another reality is just because a kid doesn't have an offer and four other kids do doesn't mean he ranks behind those four other kids. And that's why we wanted to explain the thing that we said earlier is because it's a it's it's a timing thing. You're going to offer some kids knowing that they're not going to commit right now. Right. And you've done that research, which is why a kid has an offer. And so we just wanted to explain that uh, that reality. Let's get to some skill guys. And one of my favorite skill players in the 2023 class, Ryan, and you know where I'm going with this one. It's Caleb Beasley. Yep. Uh, his rankings drop in the last couple months has been one of the more puzzling things I've seen. Rivals had him ranked 42nd overall in the 2024 class, which I would argue is spot on. I think that's a very about I me mean, top 50 ranking. Mm-hmm. The next ranking update out of the top 250 completely. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Don't get it, but here's what I know. I don't give a crap what the rankings say. That kid's really good, and he's making another return trip to Notre Dame tomorrow. At least that's what we are we believe to be the case. We've reported that. This is a big one for, for Notre Dame, right? Again, another guy that I don't believe is in commit mode, but another guy that I think this visit could go a long way towards putting yourself in position where you're going to be potentially the team to beat in this recruitment. Look, out of the Irish invasion – CJ Carr obviously impacted Cam Williams and Jack Larson. They were, they committed very shortly after he did. And I would argue, Brian, I would love to hear your, your two cents about this. I would argue that no other player was impacted by the Irish invasion aside from those players, as much as Caleb Beasley was during that event. I thought that he obviously showed out. He had a great performance. You were very adamant about your impressions of just how impressive he was. And I think that he has a relationship with a couple of those kids that are committed right now. And I think they are pushing hard for Caleb Beasley. Of course, he's out of the mm-hmm. Tennessee, uh, out of Nashville area, Lipscomb Academy down there. And I think that he likes Notre Dame a ton. The question is, and I've talked to him a little bit about it. He's definitely a kid that I don't think is in a rush to make a commitment. But I would t- I would say right now, Notre Dame is in the thick of this one, man. Like they are right near the top. I know that those kids in the class the cam williams of the world are going to continue to push for caleb beasley every time i talk to cam williams 
ask him like, oh, who are you talking to? Cam Beasley, uh, you know, Cam Beasley is the first guy out of his name, out of his mouth, mm-hmm. right? So that is definitely a big target for the kids that are in the class right now. It's just a question of can they continue the momentum, and can they when when are they able to close out if they can? Because he's a really talented player. I know Notre Dame would love to have him. I know he likes Notre Dame a ton, so the momentum is building and trending that way. And I think that the visit tomorrow can be another big boost to continue to head in that direction eventually. I think for me, I, I would actually argue, Ryan, and I and I get where you're coming from. I do. I get where you're coming from in, in regards to him being behind those other guys. But I would actually argue just because he didn't commit doesn't mean that that visit didn't have a bigger impact on him than it even did because I feel like Notre Dame was C.J. Carr's leader coming into the visit. C.J. said to us uh, back, what was it, when he, when the day he committed to Notre Dame, we interviewed him. He said in our show that he – I believe he said in our show – that he considered were committing to Notre Dame back in March. So that one was already the, the case. I think when you look at Jack Larson, we felt that Notre Dame was his leader coming into that visit, very clear leader. And then it was just more about, okay, can they can they close the deal on Jack Larson this summer? Same with Cam Williams. I feel like that that Cam and Caleb are to me the two that Irish Invasion moved the most. Because Cam was, I would argue, I don't know, I don't know if Notre Dame was his leader. I mean, we've heard reports about Michigan and other schools. I don't know if he necessarily had a leader coming to the visit. I know Iowa's done a great job recruiting him. And you don't often hear, you know, Iowa being a player, but they, they've done a great job recruiting him. I just don't think he had, like, a leader per se coming into that visit. But coming out of Irish Invasion, it was when, not if. Or, you know, and, and so I feel like, Caleb was another one where I know he liked Notre Dame. You had a story, an interview with him a couple months ago where you, where you interviewed him. And it was very clear at the time that he liked Notre Dame, but liked them among a lot of other schools. Sure. To where now I feel like Notre Dame is in the, the very, very top group. And this week's visit could put them at the top. And, and you know, so when we were at the at Irish Invasion, one of the things I noticed was when you he was there with his mom, Caleb came with his mom, his dad, and there were some other people with him. I don't know if they were sisters or what. But, I mean, they looked like they were enjoying the week even more than Caleb was. I mean, they had Notre Dame gear on. His dad is a big guy. I mean, real big guy. And I literally had to ask myself, is this guy incapable of not smiling? Like I'm dead serious. Like he he had this giant smile on his face, and when I mean big, he's like really tall. Like I had to look up yeah. at him as he's walking past me. But he had this giant smile on his face, like that proud papa smile. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm having, I'm in, like, you know, they were really digging the Notre Dame vibe. Very high academic family. That's why he goes to Lipscomb Academy. If you're familiar with that area, you know that that's a, a really good high school. A private school. So I feel like Notre Dame fits a lot of the things that Caleb was looking for. I think this is a relationship building class, which is why it's incredibly important that all the kids you just mentioned about impacting Caleb and him being with are now going to be back on campus. Cam Williams, CJ Carr, uh, getting to meet Jet C. Jack Larson again. Now that those two kids are committed, because last time they were together, CJ, none of them were committed. Nope. Now they're all now they're all committed except for Caleb. So that's going to be impactful. Now we are not predicting he's going to commit to Notre Dame. I want to make that real clear. No. This is more about can you put yourself in position to where 
you become the team to beat. I think that's what Notre Dame is jockeying for in this visit. And I and I will be surprised if coming out of this visit, that's not the case with Caleb yep. Easley. Uh, said perfectly. Like, again, I think that it's about keeping the momentum and continuing to build the momentum, right? To be the unquestioned leader in the clubhouse right now. I think that that is what, and my apologies, I think I called him Cam Beasley earlier. Cam Williams, Caleb Beasley, you get it, right? So, Caleb Beasley, I think that everything is trending in the right direction. But this visit tomorrow is another big step in that recruitment, right? Like this is where you can go from really liking a school on on kind of like the same level as a few others to them kind of pulling ahead and then maybe escalating things. But like either way, getting an early lead with a kid like a Caleb Beasley is a big thing for Notre Dame because he's a really – talented corner i mean brian saw him in person i wish i could have seen him in person on film he reminds me a lot of aj terrell like i see some smooth fluidity but like the thing about it is is that he has a really nice understanding of space right like he closes on closes quickly but he just kind of has that innate feeling of like i know where the ball is going to be i know where the receiver's hands are late hands all that good stuff so I really like Caleb Beasley a ton. I think he's got kind of an advanced feeling to his game as only a kid that's going to be a junior in high school next year. I want to, when I saw him play, Ryan, you know, the size you see, and he's listed at 175. He he looks thicker than that. He looks like 185. He's at least six feet tall. He's long, he's strong, and he's smooth. Like he's very, he's an easy mover. Like you, he'd be running with guys and it was like, yeah, he's not even really running. You know, he's like right. he's like toying with that kid. So I think there's some speed there. He ran like a four or five, I think, in the 40, which is good. Which is fine. You yeah, know, for his age. Yeah. Uh, but he just plays really fast because he's he he transitions really clean and really well. He's strong, he gets his hands on you, and it's over. Yes. So, you know, I, I think I think he's a kid. I mean, he's a big time kid. I don't care what the rankings say, that's one of the best corners on the board and one of the best right. corners in the country, in my opinion. You I want to stay in the second top, top 50 player in your opinion or in the conversation. Again, conversation. I'm not going to say if he's not in the top 50, you guys suck and you don't know what you're doing because I haven't evaluated enough of the country. No, this may be a loaded year where a guy that's normally ranked 40th is 65th. I mean, that, that happens sure. sometimes. Like Sometimes a guy who would be 70th in a normal class is 45th in a bad class, right? Sure. We see that in the NFL draft all the time. Like guys mm-hmm. get drafted. Like that's not your normal what was it last year or saw it last year? Yeah. It's like where they're like, there's only like 12 guys. There's teams that only have like 12, 15 guys with first turn or first round grades. Yep. Well, you can't just skip the first, you know, the next 17 picks should still round one. Right. And, and so I don't want to say, I don't want to get like indignant about, Oh, you know, he should, but if you don't have him in your top hundred, I know this, it's not that deep of a class. Right. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. He's a top 100 kid for sure. He he is. I have not graded him out yet to say definitively he's top 50, but like my eye test, mm-hmm. like that's what a top 50 kid looks like. That's what I saw from him, you know? Sure. And, and, I, and I think back to when I saw Jalen Elliott at Notre Dame's camp, and I'm like, that's a Notre Dame kid right there. You know, it was three-star kid, didn't have a lot, but you saw him and you're like, that kid can play. Same right. thing with Kevin Stefferson. I was like, yeah, three-star kid, but I remember watching Kevin Stefferson at Irish Vase and being like, that's a dude. Well, they were both pretty good football players in Notre Dame. And Jalen was a multi-year starter captain was a part of a, a, one of the, to me, one of the best Notre Dame defenses we've seen in the last 20 years at 2018 defense, yeah. uh, along with 2012, clearly one of the two best defenses of the last 20 years. And, and so, I mean, you just see certain kids move and you're like, I don't know where to rank that kid, but that's really good. And Caleb Beasley impressed me more 
than Jalen Elliott and Devin Studd still did when they were here significantly, especially Jalen. And he did it as a sophomore. They were rising seniors when they were on campus for Irish Invasion. And, and so uh, he was a really impressive kid for me. Athletically, just carries himself with a, with a, a quiet confidence, you know, like not a, not a showboater type of kid. Uh, not a, you know, you, you see these corners at seven on seven events drives me nuts. Just, just this all the time. Right. Yes. yes and yep. it's just like, dude, there's no pads on. I can't, you know, you know, we're throwing the football, right. I mean, it's not like I'm about to stalk block you or something. That's not how he was. He just was just carried himself with supreme confidence and just went and locked you down. And just like when he'd make a play, it's like, yeah, okay. So I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to not let him catch the ball. That's my job. I like that, right? Now, I'm not opposed to the kids that are – I love that about Jaden Mickey, right? But you don't want mm-hmm. – I don't want a bunch of Jaden Mickey-type talkers on my team. I want a couple and then, like, okay, I don't need everybody yapping at me. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but uh, that's what that's – what, that's what Kate – and he's got enough size to where, you know, you, you start looking at the corner board and you're like, it's kind of a deep board, and you're like, well, this kid could be a, a nickel. He could be a really athletic cover safety because of his size, if that gets him on the field quicker, then transition him to corner when the guys ahead of him graduate. There's a lot you can do with him. But the other thing, too, is he's one of the more pure boundary type of players that Notre Dame has recruited in recent years at corner. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, him and Benjamin Morrison are probably the most natural boundary corners that Notre Dame has recruited in the last four or five years. Again, you can't count Cam Hart in that because, number one, Cam Hart's not playing boundary now, but he was recruited to play receiver. Sure. You know, just like – like even Ryan Barnes, like I, I think Ryan Barnes can play boundary, but I've always been like, but maybe his range would be more ideal to the field for the similar reasons that Notre Dame has Cam Hart to the field. You got to sure. cover a lot of ground to the field, so put your rangey guy there. So, but as far as the guy, like, look, that guy, that's a boundary, that's a boundary corner. If I've seen one, that's what Caleb is to me. The the length, the size, the strength, the mm-hmm. ability to come up and play at the line without having to jam. Because yeah. that's a difference in strength to me. Like you, if you can jam, that's great. But I like the guys that can sit there and let you make your decision. Then, then I get my hands on you, and now I'm really strong, and now I'm really moving you. And that's what Caleb was doing at camp, and I really like guys like that. That to me, as a receiver and a receiver's coach, was even more difficult to to handle than the guys that would jam. Because I can teach a receiver how to beat the jam, and if I beat yeah. your jam, you're toast. Sure. Right. Um, I the guys that were were most dynamic were the guys that could 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 mirror in their man, but then when they got hands on you were really strong and you couldn't get off. That to me is more difficult than beating a beating a jam and then now you're in catch up mode the whole time. Mm-hmm. Those guys can sit there at the line and be patient and then and then let you declare and then once you declare, get their hands on you and move you. Those are the guys that that can be a big problem, and that's something that I saw from Caleb Beasley at that event. And- and he's out of the state of Tennessee, and we've talked about, you know, you want to tap into Tennessee from time to time, right? And he mm-hmm. looks like one of the better players in the class in that state for next year as well, which is big. So, Another DB that's going to be on campus this week, Ryan, is Bronte Johnson uh, from Fort Wayne. We don't have a lot new as far as updates on where his recruitment is other than he's visiting, but I do want to talk about I do think it's important that they're getting him back on campus again because it tells me that they're serious about recruiting him because there's been some questions about, you know, the academic piece and those type of things. And it sounds like Notre Dame thinks he's at least got a foundation to where over the next couple of years you can build on that and he's going to be okay. But this is a kid to me that if you can, if he 
is a kid that 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 fits the profile to get into school and handle that workload yep. could be a big one because he is a really rangy, really athletic, long athlete. And you just don't have a lot of kids like him coming up from Fort Wayne and in-state kids very often. 100%. And I, I want to reiterate again something that you said just so people are out there, because if you look at every recruiting profile, list him as a wide receiver. Notre Dame is, again, recruiting him as a safety. They want him on the in the defensive backfield. And I agree completely to your sentiment that I always – I mean, people had all, asked us for months, Brian. They're like, why hasn't Bronte Johnson been offered yet, right? Mm-hmm. Why hasn't he been offered yet? I don't understand. He's the number one player in the stage, a top 50 kid, yada, yada, top 30 by, by, uh, by one platform. Why hasn't he been offered? And it's the fit piece, right? Can mm-hmm. he can he thrive at a place like Notre Dame? If he can, it's a no-brainer offer, right? Like this kid is a very athletic kid, super fast, fluid, explosive, and 6'3, right? Like he is a really talented football player. So I think it's a great sign. Last time I talked to Bronte. He is. He was very excited about the Notre Dame offer, to say the very least. He was pumped up about it. If he can fit at Notre Dame, I like Notre Dame's chances in here. But that's. I think that's going to be a relationship where you're going to have to continue to monitor, right, to make sure the fit makes sense, to make sure everything kind of checks those boxes. Because if it does, I think it's a no-brainer for him, you know, for Notre Dame to continue to recruit him at to the level they are because he's really talented, in-state kid. And you have to evaluate those players. You have to hit on them. A couple other guys we're going to talk about. We're not going to go over the entire list, but there are some guys I want to mention. Number one, Josiah Brown. Don't expect a lot of updates on Josiah Brown, Ryan. Uh, they flat out just said we're not going to talk to reporters, which yes. I thought was very interesting. So uh, yeah. it, it, I, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about him if he makes it this week, which he's expected to. We'll, 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 it's going to all be what we hear and then obviously what uh, what we see on film from him. An intriguing guy who also doesn't talk to the media a whole lot, but he is going to be here on Tuesday, which is a guy that uh, that I really like. And he was banged up a lot as a sophomore, which is why we've seen his ranking drop a lot. But when he was first got on the radar based on freshman film, uh, we're talking about Emmett Mosley. Uh, he was considered a borderline five-star kid. I think he's a surefire top 100 kid just based on what I saw from him as a freshman. Yeah, uh, He is a really dynamic athlete. And he's he's if you if I were to tell you, uh, two former Notre Dame athletes, a guy that played for Lou Holtz's football team, and and, a, and, a, and his mother was ended her career as an all-time goal scorer at Notre Dame. You'd probably think you'd like Emmett is exactly what you'd think a, a a child by that duo would look like, meaning really athletic, right? I mean, really athletic. Uh, I like him a receiver. Some people say you know he might be better on defense. Very interesting kid, but I mean, when you get a when you get a kid on campus whose dad played here, I mean, that's that's a big one. That's a big one. I'm very curious to see where he is on Notre Dame's board. I don't know the answer to that. I literally haven't asked about it. But man, I, I gotta have a hard time thinking this isn't a kid that you you make a run at because this is a really talented kid. His younger brother's been offered already. Uh, the lineage is obviously there. Uh, I, I I'm curious to see how things go with him this week because that is a really athletic young man. Well, I, I put out a well a barbecue preview that's going to be out here shortly on Irish Breakdown. And Brian, one of the things I said is I think it says the caliber of player he is, the fact that he's ranked by one service as number 120 player in the country, and he didn't play as a sophomore, right? Like he was injured and missed the season. So I think that we're talking about a young man where 
I put in, I, I think he's equally as explosive as he is quick. Like he's a kid that I think could play all over and do a lot of different things for your team. So We'll see, because right now the wide receiver board has a lot of great names on it, right? Like we've talked a lot about guys like Ryan Wingo and Micah Hudson and Tysir Denmark and and uh, Brunell Richardson, and there's a lot of great receivers. Mylon Graham, another one right there in state from, from Indiana. So the question is, what does the pecking order look like at wide receiver? I think that Notre Dame is going to have as good a chance as anybody with Emmett, Emmett Mosley, but again, it's it's about pushing for him versus what what, what is the, the – yeah. I think it's what does the timeline look like for a kid like right. that? Like, is he a kid that wants to definitely be at Notre Dame? What does his timeline look like? Because he's a tough kid to get a hold of, obviously, from a from a media perspective side of everything. But he's an extremely talented player, and getting a player on campus that has has two parents that were what they were at Notre Dame, I think, speaks volumes to the interest. So, ho- hoping for a great visit, obviously, for for him. And and what we're saying is not that we question where he is on Notre Dame's board as regards to they that saying we're not saying he's not high on the board. They're not. We're, we don't. That's what we're saying. We don't know. It's it's very early in 2024 recruiting. I think I think right now with Notre Dame, it, especially at receiver, it comes down to this. They're still in sort of we're putting our board together type of thing. You know, it's not so much like we have a clear pecking order of this guy and we like this guy more than that guy it's you know it's it's get a kid on campus meet with him get some one-on-one time see if he's a fit get to know him you may love a kid's film but you need to have that face to face and I think we're seeing that a lot from Notre Dame Uh, and and it's a smart thing to do I mean that's where you want to be as a staff as you want to be in a situation where you you because we do expect them to have a bigger class in 2023 that they can be a little bit more selective and 24 and you got to be careful not filling up too soon so it's more it's more a reflection of that i'd be really hard pressed if, if to to i'd be i'd when i say hard press i'd i'd be shocked if emmett mosley's not a top priority for notre dame it's just i think they need to find out if they're a top priority for him which i think this visit is going to show and and then it gets down to just kind of where do you like him do you like him better corner do you like him better receiver you know, where, where do you do you just want to recruit him as an athlete? I think there's some of those decisions that have to get made as well, because how those decisions get made uh, are going to go a long way towards uh, defining kind of how your board is going to look when it's all said and done. There's another kid that's going to be on campus this weekend, another wide receiver, Jason Robinson. This is an interesting one because, like Emmett Mosley, he's a California receiver. He goes to Long Beach Poly, very dynamic athlete. Uh, he is a USC commit right now which is very interesting uh, that a, a usc commit from long beach poly plans on being at notre dame this weekend ryan you have talked to jason and it does sound like his interest in notre dame i mean he's he's in one breath he's he's adamant that i'm very much committed to usc but then he's on his, again all these visits this weekend this week i should say unofficial the fact that as i mean at, you talked to him last week the plan is still that he's going to be here this week uh, you know, that's a <laughs> that's a long, expensive trip. Look, I've just booked a couple of flights for games this season. Flying right now, not cheap. Flying outside of your time zone, even less not cheap. So the fact that he's coming from California on his own dime, I think says a lot, a lot about his interest level. But it's going to be hard to flip him from USC. But the good news is, is because he's coming on an unofficial, there's no doubt that he's at least – 
listening to what you have to say, I think is the key. Well, and he he's had nice conversations with Notre Dame, and this is something that he's wanted to set up for a little bit, a little while. Obviously, they want to. He's wanted to get on campus in Notre Dame. The thing for him, Brian, is that he is he grew up a USC fan. I mean, like he's a California kid, you know, bred. So USC is was kind of the dream school for him at, at you know kind of growing up. But I think that I what I've learned of Jason is that he's a very thoughtful young man and he's trying to find the right fit so although he is committed i think that he and he's told me that he wants to go through the full process right like he doesn't want to just look at solely usc and just be like i'm done i want to make a very sound decision so he has interest in notre dame notre dame i think has interest in him the question is can they get themselves in a position where you can overtake a usc because like you said it's not going to be an easy pull like you're going to have to work to get him to get a level where he's going to decommit because USC is kind of what he knew growing up. So, but that being said is I know for a fact that he is very high on coach Stuckey. He spoke a lot of great things about about coach Stuckey. So I think after a visit, there will be a huge indicator on what the level is here for a Jason Robinson. Anthony Speck is a kid that's going to be on campus this weekend. Uh, Ryan had an update on, uh, had a, well, you talked about him a little bit in your show today. Uh, I just want to say briefly, we're not going to dive too much into him, but basically I think the linebacker board is still being put together. And I think that's kind of the, the thing is people said, is he a take? Uh, and, and it's, I, I don't, I don't know right now. I don't know if he's a take or not. I think the, I think the board is still being put together at linebacker. So we won't, we won't talk, uh, we won't talk too much about that. So uh, that is kind of the latest on that. There's some other guys coming this weekend, obviously uh, some guys that we have on our, on our list that we know of uh, Brian Robinson, a defensive end from Ohio is expected to be on campus this weekend. Um, we mentioned Josiah Brown, uh, you a kid named Sam Piloff. Just love that name. Uh, te- texted out or tweeted out today that he'll be on campus this weekend. There's some other guys, but those are the ones we've been able to confirm. Uh, they're going to be on campus this weekend. So, Ryan, big picture, there's some very, very important kids to Notre Dame's 2024 class on campus this weekend. When you look at Caleb Beasley, Justin Scott, Peter Moore and Peter Peter Jones and Ian Moore, uh, Bronte Johnson, Josiah Brown, Emmett Mosley, Jason Robinson, especially Emmett Mosley, the, the Notre Dame 2024 class has a chance to be every bit as special as 23, but they've got to have success this week, in my opinion, to be able to – some of these guys you're going to have to get if you're going to have that kind of class. And yeah. so I think that makes this week's recruiting deal a pretty a pretty big – it's a pretty big moment for Notre Dame. Well, I, I feel like we've been so hyper-focused on 2023 and the numbers that have been accumulated there. You kind of lose focus of the fact that Notre Dame has already got five commits – in the 2024 class, and they have a chance to really take this to another step, right? Having that five-star quarterback that we've been talking about for months in the class for 2024, I feel like it's been just incredible to see the impact that just having CJ Carr has been because he's a player that not only the reputation, but I mean, how many times has he been back to campus already, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it's like one of those things where I feel like they should just give him a room at this point, right? Like just 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 stay here all the time, you know. You like you can get your dorm room early if you're CJ Carr. So it's a 
big impactful weekend because not only do we have a couple 2023 kids that I know Notre Dame's excited about with a Ben Minich and a Austin Novosad, but it's really starting to build this 2024 recruiting board, I think is huge for Notre Dame. And it's a great opportunity to get in with some really talented players here.